about this for a while, actually. Like, what what exactly is even the difference between a fool and a trickster? There, there seems to be, like, a lot of overlap in those two archetypes to me, right? Well, to, to make it easy, okay? All right. The shlemiel is the one who drops the soup, and the shlemazel is the one who gets the soup on them, and the trickster is the one that tripped over the shlemiel. All right, all right. So, I, the Shemil and the Shemazel are both aspects of the fool. They're both foolish. But they're not tricksters. The trickster is playing tricks. It's trick or treat, not like, look at me, be foolish. Well, the treat is, no, the foolishness is the costume. <laughs> the, the fool is inherent, but the trick is is a separate thing. Well, that's kind of the interesting thing about, like, sort of a jester figure, right? Is they can both be a fool and a trickster. And often with a trickster, uh, often that role entails playing the fool knowingly and intentionally that's true but it is playing the fool um it's playing a specific kind of fool um for an objective but a true fool isn't playing anything that that's that's an interesting alineation and that, that kind of tracks with uh what i've seen reading up on the uh wargaming write-ups on these two archetypes especially like the, the fool is such an iconic part of the game that Every edition is right there in the fucking core book, right? Well, yeah, because it goes back to the the whole uh, the Tim Powers origins of, of, of part of this. Yeah, game's you know, DNA. first one on the of the Major Arcana and the Tarot shows up all over the fucking place in mythology. I mean, like it, they got it kind of right the first time, and like if you compare the mechanics for it between the second and third edition, there's like they're basically the exact same. You know, some adept schools and avatars had some pretty significant changes made between those two editions, but the fool the fool area is like, okay, no, we got this we got this pretty good the first time. Let's just stick with it. The fool just like bumbled his way into the third edition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Too much hassle. But something that I wanted to point out about the fool is their taboo, right? Because uh, they got two of them. But the first one yep. is, at least in third edition, if an intellectual identity ever goes above 50%, she's in danger of thinking too much to be a good fool. Now, that's really interesting to me because, you know, a lot of avatars have sort of the freedom to play the role, even if it's not super sincerely, right? Hmm. Whereas the fool, you, you need to be legitimately kind of dumb or at least legitimately kind of ignorant. It depends on edition, because, like, earlier editions, had you it tied it into mind, which is more of, like, a measure of just general intelligence, I guess. Whereas knowledge isn't necessarily intelligence, it's like, how much do you know? You can be smart and not know shit. A lot of people like that. I mean, there are plenty of intellectuals who are also fools, yes. in my opinion. So yes. this, this doesn't make really much sense to me. What would you replace it with, then? Because I'm kind of with you there. But it's just kind of that third edition doesn't really have like a raw smart stat. Maybe you taboo if you openly use the knowledge or status to show off that you're an intelligence. You know, you're not supposed to show it. You can use, you can roll knowledge and keep it to yourself. But like, if it's obvious to other people that you're using your knowledge to solve a problem, then that's not foolish. That's smart. Yeah. So that's wrong. Yeah. And that would be more like it's all about the, the role you play rather than what's going on in your head. Well, it seems to be that like a running theme they've had through the editions is like the fool does need to be more sincere than a lot of avatars. Like uh, a a smart person playing the fool, I, I'd argue that just sends a fall into the trickster, right? So 
that that maybe that's like the key difference between the two is that like you you can't really channel the fool path super intentionally in a way right like the the fool probably skews very heavily towards unconscious avatars no no not saying that there aren't conscious fool avatars you know you can it's very possible to know that you ain't too bright and you know just kind of roll with it but it, it does seem to skew towards ignorance whereas the trickster the trickster i'd imagine probably skews a lot more towards conscious avatars well okay the trickster doesn't skew at all towards ignorance yes so it's, it's like a completely different category the trickster is cunning so i don't think like that's really to be taken into account like a smart fool is just is not necessarily a trickster because a smart fool isn't necessarily out there lying and tricking people he's just a, he or she is just a smart fool yeah it's not not the same thing um so i don't think these there's much overlap between these two avatars once you look at them a bit closer yeah uh, it's just because there's some intermediate pseudo avatar positions like the jester that seem to cover a bit of both but in their purest sense fool and trickster aren't that close i i mean i i would disagree there largely on the basis how, that how similar are how similar is saul goodman to forrest gump not much overlap i'm trying to think of like a good quip for like all right like some there's some surprising thing where they uh that they share but i'll be honest i haven't they seen like Call ping Saul, pong. so they do both like ping pong there you go the the key thing that i think muddies the waters to me a little bit is that the trickster often involves intentionally playing the fool feigning ignorance yeah, so what to draw certain reactions out of people yeah he'll play the fool but he'll play the expert if that works as well he'll play whatever it's about yes thinking. yes but there's not really an avatar of the expert. He'll play the salesman if he needs to. He'll play... He will... Like, the trickster will literally play any other avatar if it works, like, for the trick. That would be a really fun high-level channel for a trickster, actually. Like, getting access to, like, low-level avatar... Uh, low-level channels from other avatars. The, the caveat here is that it needs to further the bit, right? Now, the thing is, like, you can say that, like, the full... And the trickster have a similarity in terms of they're both likely to transgress boundaries. But sure, the fool sure. does it inadvertently while the trickster is going to do it like deliberately. Either either as part of a trick or just as part of its, of the, the trickster's nature. Because yeah. that's a strong... Yeah. Transgressing boundaries is a strong part of the, the trickster. Yes, yes. Most do it. I mean, I argue it's part of the fool too. But like the fool tends to more like trip over those boundaries where like the yes. trickster is more like... You know, sticking one foot over the don't touch grass sign, right? Like, there's definitely overlap here. Again, I, I think the key distinction is, like, the fool is doing things unknowingly. The trickster is doing things knowingly. I think that's the key distinction. Also, the fact that the, the, tri the fool is generally not doing what the trickster does. Yeah. Like, the fool isn't out there lying. The fool isn't out there tricking. Which is the it's the, it's a key part of the trickster. So there's the overlap is there, but there's overlap between all kinds of avatars. I mean, I I'd argue a, a big part of the fool is often making other people look foolish. Frequently, the people around them look foolish by sort of being the only one willing to state the obvious. That is getting into jester territory, uh, which I feel is a separate avatar oh you want to add a third one to the mix here thompson i think there is i think there's i've got several potential like in-betweeners not right. even in-betweeners but like they're just different archetypes but they might be you know 
by the uh, less enlightened, they'll be confused a little bit. Sure. Uh, but they're not the same. But before we get into those, and I've got like I've got three potential, but only two are like I've got thought, put real thought into. Let's look at the fall first, and like the sure. what we think sure. about it. Yeah. So as for you cover the taboo, I don't like it. I don't like the the fact that the two is the taboo is internalized. I'm okay with it for the fool specifically. I mean, I know, like, I, I kind of like the little wrinkled avatars being the sort of the speculation of like, all right, how how often does one sincerely channel this, sincerely and intentionally channel this versus unconsciously channel this? And I like there being some avatars that skew heavily towards unconscious channeling, right? It, it kind of, it, it means the status sphere gets more mix-ups, you know? Right, because I, I like there being some sort of uh, avatars that you can basically only ever achieve Godwalker status on accident. Yeah, that's yeah, I do like that. That's fun. It's just stumble into it. Yeah, exactly. Which is super fucking appropriate for the fool, I'd argue. Yeah, sure. Uh, one hundred percent. I wonder if we'll, I'll get in trouble if we get for this again. Um, we can cut this, but it occurs to me now as we're discussing it that. Like, uh, there might have been a division, uh, because I was trying to think of, like, examples of characters who are, like, both foolish and intelligent, and I'm, like, thinking, like, well, like, Sheldon Cooper or, um, um, Thingo from a community, Abed from a community, and I'm just like, oh, wait, no, that's just the autist. Oh, no. Um, is that a modern archetype? Hmm. They're socially foolish, but intellectually intelligent. Here's what I'd argue kind of fits both, but it's contextual. Uh, Daffy Duck, right? Sure. Daffy, when Bugs is around, he's just playing the fool. When Bugs ain't around, he's often playing the trickster. Yeah, true, true. He falls into that role. The f- he becomes the fool because that's like the straight man to the trickster. Yeah, way. and it can be argued there that like, okay, they're both maybe tricksters. It's just Bugs is the better trickster, therefore... You know, like, that that's going to be what trickster fucking Godwalker battles look like, right? It's just going to be, like, battles of wits uh, with a bit of cartoon logic thrown in there, I'd imagine. Sure. Uh, they do list Monkey as one of the full masks. Monkey. And Monkey also, that's, he, he can be pretty trickstery at times, too. That's it, yeah. Monkey seems to be more, to me, to be more of a trickster-type uh, character. But, yeah, then again, he is foolish. Yeah. Um, there is overlap. Um, I mean, the mask that always that weirds me out the most from this is they added Steven Universe, which is like, all right, I, I, I guess. I just, I yeah, I don't have much to say about that, um, yeah, really. I know. I can see like the Pollyanna slash the Optimist is very much its own archetype that's kind of separate from the Fool, right? And it's like, oh yeah, well, probably not the Pollyanna, right? Because the Pollyanna is very much like a Fool, right? Like the, the she is optimistic out of ignorance, but there is the Optimist. Which is optimistic, but not out of ignorance. It's something that they, they're they like optimistic in the face of what they know is an unkind of world. And are like, okay, no, I'm going to keep being a glass half, yeah, half full kind of guy anyway. It's the, na- the naive type. No, uh, no, uh, I'd say the fool is naive inherently. But the, my point is you can be an optimist without the, the naivete. Yeah, true. Uh, but then it becomes, I don't know, uh, like give me examples of people known just for being optimists um and when there's a pen i think i don't know if it's a bit too 
airy fairy for a sure that's reasonable archetype i think but when it's something like the the naive optimist i can sort of see it as a character in my head yeah no that that's that's the classic pollyanna and i yeah i definitely say that or like candied right yeah but um so yeah but I, and I, i'd probably fold that into the fool then again you could have someone like a, a sort of like a ned flanders type who's just like that's that's a good one actually yeah in in these earlier representations not when he got flanderized yeah. as much but he tended to be like the whole the episode with the, the leftorium and all that yeah. like and he, he generally had like a, a very upbeat view of like the world and um especially in his reactions to homer yeah the the the, the whole point of flanders was not like that he was supposed to be like this overly religious guy the the like regular church attendance was just a shorthand from a different cultural era for how much more virtuous than homer he was it's yeah, not that ned yeah. flanders was more religious than homer it's that he was just whole cloth a better man than homer yeah uh stupid sexy flanders yes like nothing at all nothing at all <laughs> see i think with like trickster and fool i think in terms of archetypes they they do touch on a few like quite a few um they they have fuzzy borders with a few other sort of tropey concepts yeah i think as they're presented as this one's presented the fool it covers quite a bit but it's still pretty clear it's 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 the bumbling sort of fool more than anything else and uh, maybe i should take back what i said about um uh like comparing tom hanks to the fool well look, i want to i want to get into forrest gump a bit because i think forrest gump really sort of uh like is it, it, a good thing to like talk about in regards to like where do the boundaries of the fool lie right did, did, I, did I just say tom hanks when I you did forrest say tom gump? you did say tom hanks you did say tom hanks oops it, it's fine um so continuing on the fool so yeah we, fool is you know your classic fucking uh uh, naive, ignorant, kind of just wandering through life. But they're, they're usually lucky. That's like the big thing that kind of keeps yeah. them alive is that they, they have sort of a, they have beginner's luck, but for life in general, right? They're, they're a very yeah, young sure. soul. Like God, was it God protects children, fools and drunks? Yes. Um, yes. For the same, like they're probably yes. for the same reason. Yes. Because they sort of bumble into things. Yeah. Don't overreact because they're too foolish to overreact. Yeah. Yeah. So the taboos are, we discussed one earlier, the whole thing with uh, earlier editions, their mind stat could never go above 50. And in the current edition is that they can't have an intellectual identity that ever goes ever goes above 50. You're talking about with knowledge before, and I kind I think this works, right? Because, so, notice that they say knowledge identity and not knowledge in general. So you can still have a pretty high knowledge as a fool. But it's just sort of like, you know, you know a little bit of everything. It's not a focused kind of knowledge. It's not domain-specific in the way that knowledge as an identity feature is, right? Like, a fool's not going to be a doctor. But a fool could know, like, oh, yeah, no, I think I heard somewhere that, uh, you know, um, drinking pickle juice is a good hangover cure. Sure, yeah. Okay, that sort of makes sense. I'm trying to think of... I, 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 I guess I'm thinking of, like, foolish sort of, like, academic types more than doctors. I guess doctors are hard to have a fool doctor or a fool engineer. Well, you usually... Like, the, the kind of stereotype there is the absent-minded professor, right? 
Which well, is a bit different. Yeah, I mean that, that's why I tend to think of in terms of the archetype, right? Uh, so in terms of, like archetypal trouble trope characters, because when a professor shows up in like media and stories and whatnot, usually it's there as like a shorthand, like okay, this this person knows a lot about their given subject matter. There are that like absent-minded professors, or they're like arrogant fools, yeah, which is a different type of fool. Yeah, maybe it's more of like because having an identity means it's like an inherent part of you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what's a better way of putting like a fool that is arrogant. Because, like, the, the the sort of fool archetype described here doesn't really give me a strong sense of arrogance. No. They're often very humble. Yeah, it's a different kind of fool. They might get too big for their britches, idiot. like, momentarily, and then fate has a way of knocking them down a peg. Sure, that would, that would be like a scene, though. Yeah. So, the second part of their taboo is they're gullible. That's the other big thing here. Anytime a fool avatar acts suspicious of an individual, or circumstance, without good reason, which... Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty load-bearing uh, set of words there without good reason. The link to the archetype is weekend. Yeah. I, I'd probably word that a bit better, but, you know, the general idea comes across. of like, okay, you know, the the fool shouldn't be gullible. They should generally be trusting. I think that's I think that's what makes them differ from, like, an arrogant fool. Like, an arrogant, an arrogant idiot generally doesn't trust you because they think they know better. There's also the, um, the, t- the sort of type which is just, like, the, the, the foolishly suspicious. Yeah. Um, for like that—that's over, like just suspicious to the point of absurdity type uh, character. I could argue could be out there as well. That, I mean, if there's any like archetype that would cover that, he's only the conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah, the conspiracy theorist may be the skeptic, but I think conspiracy theorist is more the more the characteristic skeptic, uh, the 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 characteristic sort of um, blindly skeptical, right? It's which is just as much of an issue as being blindly trusting. That's called cool. like um, what is it? They they have a TV tropes page on that sort of thing, comparing it to Scully, because Scully gets just yeah get, like, as later X-Files later goes seasons on, it especially. Like, she it's kind of like, girl. You have seen so many fucking aliens at this point. You had an alien tra- You had an alien baby inside you at one point, girl. Like at a certain point. You have to just like, sure. like, all right, yeah, Mulder, you're, you're, you're kind of right a lot of the time. Right, yeah. That would have been, I think that if, like, like you couldn't do it now because X-Files has already been done, but if they started a show, if X-Files didn't exist and they, yeah. they, if they it was made as like a uh, a more modern series, they would have, could have um, brought in less episodic and so less need yeah. to um, ha- have things like revert to normal. Mm-hmm. You could easily have Scully have this great character arc where she becomes more and more open, but then too open to it. And, and Mulder's like, hang on, hang on, girl. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, and see. That would have been an interesting reversal. I, I could see it handled a couple ways. One would have been like emphasize character development, which, I mean, you know, it's something that X Files kind of always was supposed to be doing. But, you know, it was yep. constrained by the format in certain ways. So, like, one approach could be, like, Scully... S- Scully's more, like, knowingly playing the role as the devil's advocate. Yeah. Where she's like, all right, listen, we we work best when I'm grilling you and forcing you to really, <laughs> like... Yeah, sure. Cross your T's and dot your I's on this stuff, right? That's a bit more like the dynamic in um, Project Blue Book. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where one of them is, like, wanting to find the truth, the other one's like, let's just, like, finish this report as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. Which is a, it's, it's a distinct um, dynamic, yeah. which I enjoyed. The other one I could see, I guess, would be sort of a... Because, like, you know, 
the, the reason that was maintained is just because like that's such like a foundational part of that of why that show works, right? Like if both of them yeah, are sure. super enthusiastic conspiracy theorists, then you know you you, yeah, you you just get a less fun version of Lone Gunman. Yeah, but you could have. Um... Because there was an interesting dynamic in the X-Files whenever there was an episode which was more religiously themed, especially Catholic themed. Yes. Um, Mulder yes. had a tendency to be more yeah. skeptical and Scully's more open to it. Um, and considering that like X-Files takes place in the same universe as Millennium, you could just be like, just like send like Scully down like a, a some kind of like obscene trad cath conspiracy theorist <laughs> route she's like they're demons Mulder but they're clearly demons and him like wait no oh yeah the the the, the season where Scully goes down the fucking trad cath pipeline and then suddenly says like you know you can see you can see his Adam's apple Mulder you can see you can see the Adam's apple <laughs> oh no <laughs> no, no, that's so, it's so good. That's what they should have done with the new X-Files. Have like, um, the problem is well, they, everyone, like, they're both like, conspiracy no, theorists, but in like very different ways. That Like that's what broke apart sure. their marriage. You know, you think, you think, yeah, you, you think Mulder's going to be the one that goes cute full QAnon and like, no, it ends up being Scully because like Mulder is like still very much like a fucking Reddit atheist at heart. And, and mean, meanwhile, it's, like, set in the modern era, so meanwhile, Mulder's, like, talking about, like, UFOs and government cover-ups, and everyone's just like, yeah, fuck, yeah, we know, UAPs, we <laughs> yeah, don't care. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we believe it, we believe it, but I need to pay rent. Um, which is an interesting foil of a situation for Mulder. And the other solution to that problem back in the days, if there were just more comedy episodes where Mulder ends up being full of shit and sure. they go on some wild goose chase and end up having to investigate uh, a red herring that turns out to be totally mundane. Which is yeah. harder to do, especially when, you know, you did the show's identity is the fucking X-Files, but uh, some of those episodes yeah. are my favorites, so like I, I'm an advocate sure. for doing more of those. They're harder to do, but th that means that when they were done, they were better quality because yeah. you had to, like, really sell it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's the same with like lots of games. Like, um, Unknown Armies, um, second edition pushed it more with like, like have some like mundane explanations for things, and it's like, yeah, sure, but yeah, I, it's hard to like bring it into a campaign as like, um, as as the big reveal. It's like actually, it was just fungus all along. I mean, Although the, 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 the key well. difference, the key difference, I think, is the supernatural sort of immediately tension, attention grabbing and interesting, right? Like it, it's a, yeah, it's something that's like immediately different from like sort of the mundane. And yeah. when you have a mundane explanation, you need to think of, you need to think a lot more. Like, okay, how do I make this interesting? Because it's not really exactly sort of inherently interesting, but also like. Keep in mind, a lot of stuff that's very foundational that's to Unknown Army sensibility, even stuff that drop, brings in occultism, is usually pretty much mundane, generally. Or at least it's pretty yeah. ambiguous to what to read supernatural stuff like Lodge 49, right? Oh, sure. Or like the or the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Where, like, you know, they'll, 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 there's... Like, a lot of Coen Brothers movies are about kind of struggling with the existence of God and whatnot. You sound like a serious man, right? Where... You're like, okay, how much of this is supernatural versus how much isn't? Especially the opening of a serious man, you know, where you're the 
the, where the old man walks in and they think he's a dibbuk and like he gets stabbed and he just starts laughing and then that never comes up in the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, shit like that, right? Where, you know, Lee, it, it can be done. It can be done, but you, 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 it does require you thinking a bit harder about it. You could, yeah, definitely. You need to have some like, uh, you can sort of do it with like weird serial killers and stuff and weird sort of crimes that aren't supernatural but weird enough that they get tossed to the x-files that's the other really easy well to draw from for unknown army stuff because it like it is like true crime shit because that's sort of in the same sphere as like a lot of the conspiracy and urban legend stuff that unknown army also draws from a lot and now i'm just imagining like Mulder and scully working with hannibal lecter to solve some weird crime that Mulder thinks is supernatural and Hannibal's just getting annoyed at him. I mean, isn't there, like, one season one episode where, like, they have to work with a serial killer that's, like, maybe possessed or something? It's, um... I remember it because it has the uh, same actor as, uh... What is his fucking name? God damn it. Uh, oh, it has, um, Brad Dorf in it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and he's he's going full, like, Exorcist 3 Gemini killer almost. Okay, yep, right. But yeah, no, it can be done. Um, it can definitely be done, but you just need to, you need to think about it a bit more. Uh, ignorance is good, so keep people on their toes. Uh, don't, don't just be like, oh, you know, the, the canon says this. Um, especially don't do that when you're dealing with people that know the canon very well. But, back to the fool, I guess. After our, uh... No, I, I think, I think we can, well. we can tie us back in, because, you know, all this is, it's fundamentally a question of ignorance, right? Of, like, making... Ignorance right. interesting, and that's kind of fool's bread and butter is always being the ignorant. So like they're they're a good the the fool is actually like a great character to include in a sort of mystery solving team, right? Look at Shaggy and Scooby. Yep, absolutely. Stumble across the yeah, stumble across evidence. Stumble. Yeah, and I, that's actually something I wanted to bring up when we like looking at these uh, channels. Uh-huh. So the first channel where you just find stuff yeah it's great i yes. think that's that's fantastic channel makes sense not too powerful but it's cool yeah and useful you can just you can find a, a hammer in a hammer store yeah. that's that's fantastic and the second channel uh i think this is kind of a, a classic so uh would you change this one? Oh no not at all like all i think all these work pretty much there is one slight modification that i'm gonna suggest but i want to talk about that after we've gone over all four of them yeah, so for me, like, the second channel is a great double-edged sword. Um, it means you bounce, you just damage, you avoid damage, but it, get, it hits people near you instead, which can be your allies, uh, or your enemies, or bystanders. I mean, it's, yeah. it's classic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hassle, but it's a classic, and it's why people love fools, but not that much. Yep. Um, now, the third channel is a bit clunky to me. Um, because the the way it's described more than what it is. Like, the fool gains the ability to be in the right place at the right time, uh, getting a friend in need or just the right spot to capitalize on an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Um, she makes the role and the GM decides where she's supposed to be and provides a rationale, no matter how flimsy to get her there. Work with the GM on this. Uh, the aimless wandering of many fools makes more sense when you're aware of this talent. Um, this, uh, this whole, like, role and then the GM will transport you there thing, I'm not a big fan of, um, I guess. I'm, I, I like my, it. If- my issue with it is there's, like, a lot of, like, adept schools and avatars that get this sort of magical ability. 
Like, yeah. the Solid Citizen also gets something similar. And I think it makes more sense with the Solid Citizen, because their whole thing is like, okay, we need to be at the right place at the right time. Um, and th- that doesn't strike me as the Fool's thing so much. The the Fool... You know, the, the Fool's a slapstick character. They do need to take some... They, they need to take some of their own hits, right? And, and they also yes. aren't about being in the right place at the right time. They're about being in the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time. There's already enough things to make happenstance cover their ass. And I, between like the naked goddess gets this sort of thing too. I think the guide gets a similar one. The solid citizen does all these ones that let, let them go to the, a place that's appropriate for their abilities. And it's like, eh. okay. Like what's, what's a pra- the appropriate place for the fool though. Like the, the fool isn't supposed to be helpful. The fool is supposed to stay alive against all odds. So, okay, I get you there. If there was one I was going to change, it'd probably be this one. Uh, but would it be a good replacement, you think? Because oh, a part of me was thinking that it would be cool if it was just some sort of passive thing that, like, the GM could exploit at will. Like, to be like, oh, like, this is like... Because as a GM, sometimes you'll have something that you would be like, okay, I need to set this up. Yeah. If you have a fool, it's, it's, it's obvious. It's just like, well, the fool bumps into the person. Because the fool doesn't have to go to the right place. The right place should be wherever the fool goes, in my opinion. Mm, okay, I, like, I kind of get they you. They just happen to go you. there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they... they don't, it's not like they have, like, a, a sense or it. It's just, like, that's where they end up being. Um, but it, if it's fully passive, then it's... Yeah, uh, the way I'd put it... Maybe, I'd, maybe how I'd change it would be less the right place at the right time and more an important place at an important time, Right. Yeah, the, okay. the the Forrest Gump effect, right? Sure. They aren't gonna they they are or like Candide, and you know, there's a lot of overlap between those two stories. Uh, someone that is just they, they they aren't really gonna change anything, but they're gonna be around to see something important. Yeah. In a way that might gather more information. All right, and then there's the fourth one. Now the fourth one I don't like because it's boring for a high level ability. I don't have a real good replacement for it, and it makes sense that whenever anyone tries to harm the fool, to having a shift, it, it sort of makes sense, but it's sort of like... It has a bit too much overlap with another one, but it does kind of make sense since one of the fool's big, like, primary characteristics is surviving against all odds. Yeah. Maybe not to the extent of the survivor, of course, but, like, surviving in situa- surviving and coming out, like, unscathed in situations that are very surprising. One idea I had as an alternative, but maybe swapping some of these around, was, um, like, ev- like, if you roll against the fool, every fail is a matched fail, to, like, sort of emphasize that whole, like, the... Like the foolishness is catching at that high level. That's good. Yeah, I'm not. Don't make it something that's inherently like tied to violence and harming them. More just uh, working against them in any way. Yeah, you end up becoming like you work against the fool. You become a fool yourself. Yes, exactly, thing. exactly. Where that whole thing of like, you know, pushing against them too hard just ends up making you look foolish. Yeah, because the, the fool, like the trickster, is also one of those characters that we very much are sort of wired to root for. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if you could even combine that with some kind of like check, like like a helplessness or an isolation check or something, based on like this. The you get a matched. It's, it's treated as a matched fail, and also it's particularly yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. So that actually, you kind of brought up a bit ago um, what I wanted to get at with these channels. But I think what could make the fool very interesting is if the GM is always the one rolling them behind the screen. 
Mm, yeah, sure. Because, I mean, like, you know, the, the fool should know what abilities they got. They, they should know, like, all right, if I go looking for an object, then I'm likely to succeed. But the GM should be able to fuck with this a little bit. They, they should be able to let them find what they're looking for sometimes, even when they don't necessarily succeed. Because sometimes you're still looking in the right place, even if you didn't succeed your roll. This, I like the idea of um, if you're rolling behind the screen, like the, the whole the solution to the, like, do fools have to be inherently, like, unintelligent or unknowledged or just have to, like, show that? You could say, like, yeah, you can roll knowledge, but the GM does it behind the screen. And they're going to say, they're just going to tell you. <laughs> like, they're going to tell you it, it's gonna, it was a success, yeah. regardless of what they roll. Yeah, they're going to tell you it was a success. The, G- the GM may be lying to you. That's fun. Uh, That's fun. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, when you, the GM, succeed on your honor as a GM, you got to give them that success. But when they fail, you say they succeed anyway, and you got to feed them some bullshit. Yeah, it's just like, oh, good roll. Uh, so you know exactly what's going on. I think the fool benefits a lot from sort of strategic obfuscation of their abilities in a way. I mean, another thing that comes to mind is, hey, maybe the fool shouldn't even know that they uh, what their identity is, what their identity maybe. score is. Like yeah, they can know they're a fool, true. but like they don't know if they're at fucking thirty or seventy. And one day yeah. they're just walking down the street, do something particularly foolish, and then they're uh, standing up, and they, then they just pop in a explosion of confetti bells and light and then they're standing up in the clouds of the rest of them looking very confused that's right very climactic but anticlimactic <laughs> like what i said shit just like just confetti confetti and like you know a fucking party blower sound um i like hidden hidden um knowledge rolls because i'm sure there's some gms out there who are doing it anyway sort of yeah, like behind the yeah. screen secret stuff but I like it, like, the GM rolls your knowledge and just and you, you can't tell. Um, a lot of people would put, like, most of the time I think people would push back on that. But in this case, it's it's a pretty good buy-in because it makes it easier to role-play as the fool. Yeah. It fits. So, yeah, that's no, I don't think there's too much problem with that. And the other people around, sitting around... Um, We'll be like, can I roll knowledge too? Um, which fits. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like, like, uh, fool's friends. Yeah, I'd like to check to make sure that that, that, that doesn't sound sure. quite right. That's good. That's good. So something yeah. I do at my own table, um, that's like a house rule, but I, I think it's very helpful for avatars. Uh, I give them, of course I can't. Uh, I don't do that for adepts. Okay. But, you know, it, it strikes me as like, if you're an avatar of the mother, you should be able to get motherly, of course I can't. Right, uh, you're an avatar of the fool. You should be able to get foolish. Of course, I can't. It, it, it's also to kind of like I always thought it was kind of sucked how it, if you like you know being a mother is a very important part of your character. You don't get you gotta take like a second identity to do all the actual mother shit that isn't supernatural, right? What's the ratio for infant formula? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Silly. So yeah, like adepts, you know, the whole deal with adepts is like they, they have tunnel visioned their way into breaking the universe in a way that is only really useful for that one thing. Avatars, I think getting of course I can't should be reasonable. So like, you know, useful of course I can for a fool would be, you know, I can get up quickly after I trip. Of course I can. Mm. Of course I can leave a banana peel right where someone is going to eat shit when they step on it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, that becomes the problem is that becomes like starts to become trickster territory. Like uh, I, I, how I imagine, like the fool, the fool is just absentmindedly enjoying a banana and just you know spontaneously, like, oh, I'm yeah. not gonna throw this away. Just chucks it over their head unthinkingly. Yeah, sure. Whereas the trickster, you know, the trickster's putting those banana peels down on purpose. They're looking behind themselves to see who's tailing them when they throw the banana peel over their shoulder. That could be done in like if you went with my idea of the. Uh, the every fail is a matched fail yeah. against the like against the fool. Yeah, um, that's a good way to represent it. Like, so this this like a bunch of assassins trying to take out this like high powered fool and just and just fucking up and like killing themselves. Um, that I feel I've seen this scene in a movie or something. something yeah, like, no, like that exact situation. I mean, the other thing that comes to mind is like a, a fool can still kick ass. That's sort of the classic Jackie Chan character, isn't it? Yeah, sure. The guy that you know doesn't want any trouble and is just happens to be very good at fighting with whatever's on hand which goes well with like that first channel right especially if you're like a high level you're like all right uh shit what do i find this guy okay there's a ladder right next to you all right congrats you know how to fight with a ladder that's pretty good a bonus to um improvised audacity yeah yeah before we move on to the trickster i i did want to go over some of the symbols and the suspected avatars real quick so symbols are pretty standard you got the full card and the joker and Full card in the tarot deck, Joker in the standard deck. Uh, you got the yeah. hobo bag on a, you know, polka That's dot, real handkerchief, bag on a stick, yeah. shoes with bells. Yeah, like a lot of this is copied right from the 90s source book, like word for word. Well, because the hobo the hobo bag on the stick is represented on the Rider Waite tarot yeah. full. Yeah. So, and, and many of the previous, like, versions of the fool but it's it's because the fool was um associated with the vagabond yeah yeah back in the day yeah definitely um and again this ties into sort of the naive optimism the sort of big rock candy mountain sort of hobo yeah sure it was like just oh just on the other side of that valley is uh, uh is uh you know the place where cigarettes grow on trees and uh all the cops got wooden legs they do add in recent years the avatar has become associated with marijuana yeah, fucking, I'll give you that. Yeah. The 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 sort of archetypal stoner is very much like a fool character a lot of the time. I feel that like in the recent years, it's becoming less associated with legalization in the U.S. because more types of stoners, like the stoner archetypes, of course, it still exists, but it's not new. Well, um, you know, watch series. watch your average stoner comedy, right? Like your Cheech and Chong's and up in, uh, your fucking uh, again. High. That's not that's not new. No, 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 you're absolutely correct. But my my point is, like, in media, like, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the big movie manifestations of The Fool would be a stoner. Uh, I'd say it used to be, like, the friendly drunk when marijuana was more taboo. Yeah, it still is, to an extent. Like, there's that drunk, the drunk fool. Very easy, I think, to be a dipsomancer fool. Oh, fucking Power combo right there. Absolutely. That leads into one thing. All right. I was looking at, which I was um, reading, and according to A.E. Waite's 1910 book, Pictorial Key of the Tarot. Oh, all right. Going real into the primary sources here. Yeah, go on. Uh, no, I'm reading from Wikipedia. Oh, all right. Well, that, that, you'll find a primary source, you know, three three layers down eventually. That's right. That's it. That's it. That's how it works. That's how you use it. You just dig a dig. 
uh, Wikipedia is about is is finding the place to dig. The full card is associated with folly, mania, extravagance, intoxication, delirium, frenzy, and bereavement. Mm-hmm. Now, all of these are pretty straightforward, and you can see different versions of the full doing all of those. That fits in with the Stoner archetype yeah. of friendly drunk. Yeah. Now, bereavement. I was like, what the hell is bereavement? Spelled B E W R A Y M E N T. Mm-hmm. Um, it come, It's an old English word. To beray is to uh, expose or to um, malign, speak evil of, or to rat someone out. And I was thinking in the media of um, the rat um, as an aspect of the fool, because rats are often portrayed in media as fools. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. I mean, like, sort of, if you rat someone out, it's a foolish thing to do. You're going to get killed, and they're often... In those sort of cop shows, um, the rat is often a foolish figure. That gave me an idea of like um, like an artifact in the hands of the blue lion that like sort of temporarily aligns someone. They just have it in the middle of the interrogation room, right. temporarily attunes someone with the path of the fool in the hopes of just getting them to act foolish, uh, to encourage a confession or turn someone into a CI or something like that. But the, um, not realizing that sometimes it sticks... When you start, when you push someone onto a path, sometimes they'll keep walking that path and become a problem. That's interesting. I mean, you know, it means they're taboo. They suddenly gain the taboo of being suspicious, which is not a good yep. taboo to have when you're being interrogated by the cops. But also, you know, they, they don't know that they're channeling the fool necessarily, so they might not care. Yeah. You know, I could... It, it, that's like one of those artifacts that's like a really cool idea, and if you targeted players with it, it could feel really shitty. Sure, yeah. It'd be like a more like a MacGuffin, I think. I'd say the best way to do it is just to restrict it. Like it wouldn't work on um, any other avatars because they're oh, already on yeah, a path. Sure. And it might be like for player characters, there might be something to resist on it or something. Yeah, sure. Especially if you if you've got a few ranks in um, unnatural and like the blue line guy, the, the, the weird cops have brought something weird into yeah. the interrogation yeah. room. You know, something's up. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to go to bat for the marijuana thing a little bit. Basically, on the regards that, like, sure, you don't see it in media as much because, like, legalization, but... And there's a sense that, like, the stoner as a stock character is kind of played out now. But I do also want to add that, like, that's a very played out sort of personality to have in Los Angeles, right? Mm. You know, where the vast majority of television and movie writers are living. Yeah, there's, there's still a bit of, um... Uh, a little bit more transgressive energy there. You're talking a part of the world where legalization is, is just not really a thing, or even a part of the United States, right? Because it's still federally illegal and all that. And I, I, last thing I want to bring up was suspected avatars in history, because I'm I'm not big on this one to be honest for a few reasons. It's, okay, it's a bit silly. Peter the Hermit, who started the Crusades, probably fool. Christopher Columbus, who stumbled on the New World. Nah, Columbus. Columbus basically knew what he was doing. You know, Columbus. You know, didn't think the new world was going to be there, but the big thing to get keep in mind about Columbus is that, like, if there's one thing he was legitimately good at, it was uh, ocean navigation. He'd been doing it for like a long fucking time. Uh, it makes sense that he was just wrong about the size of the earth. Yeah, that's that's fine. If I'm gonna make like the fucking anything of Columbus, it'd be like the firebrand or something, because he knew exactly what he was doing. It was like his main goal was like he wanted to spread Christianity to the to the east and then spend the east or uh, 
No, no, actually, no, not, not the zealot. No, trade no, goods. no, what he was. He want to trade goods. Columbus is a textbook case of the opportunist. He sure. wanted to spread Christianity Maybe. to in- increase his prestige. He and you know, if you read his journals, there is like all this stuff about him being like, uh, like he basically considered himself Loki a prophet. And then you know, he actually finds the new world and is like, oh wait, look at all these trade goods and slaves. All these slaves! Oh yeah, all the slaves are dead. We need new slaves. Yes. Yeah, he he was and he was a man who managed to be such a like a vicious governor that he was taken back to Spain yes. in prison yes. for his crimes against Spaniards. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, no. he was he was not else. like oh man, I, I can't believe I found this uh this place full of uh full of uh natural resources and uh human capital it was he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing it, it was not just him fucking stumbling into being basically a warlord yeah whoops i accidentally cut off your hand yeah. for not bringing me gold and 13 year old girls whoopsie no it wasn't that and then the last two they list really dial home when this bit of text was written uh ronald reagan and bill clinton depending on their political ideologies which is like Listen, you know, sure, Reagan definitely lost it by the end of his presidency, but you can't tell me that, depending on political ideology, that Reagan is a more uh, fucking um, notable example of the fool than George W. Bush. Yeah, um, and especially considering there was um, closer political examples, I guess less high, um, uh, what's his name, the uh, George H.W.'s vice president, what's his name, Quayle. Yeah. Dan Quayle yeah. uh, was more of a full type. George W. Bush maybe more of a full type. Um, and then there was the what was the Democrat who lost in '88 who rode the tank oh. and had a bad time. I think I know who you're talking about, but I def- couldn't give you the name. But yeah, I mean, there were others that were. Even if you're looking today, you could say like, "Oh, Trump is the fool." It's like, no, it's not. No, 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 no. That's like textbook demagogue. Yeah, these are not good examples because they're not helpful because it's like they're obviously wrong. Um, it's just, just this is just examples of like, yeah, maybe some charges out there accuse so and so such and such politicians of being fools. But it's like, yeah, just saying like, oh, we we need to pad this out a bit by saying there's some people who think that the political candidate that is on the other side from them is an idiot. It's like, yeah, well, r- real real biting social commentary there, Stolzy and Tons. That's right. We need, you need to have someone who's sort of like uh, stumbled into success and is like kind of foolish but not bad. Um, yeah, like that. that's the thing. It's like the the fool, like I think a big part of it is they do need to be likable. Well, yeah. Or they lean towards likability at least. Sure, sure. That's something stronger with a trickster, but I think it still exists with the fool. So, but this this dovetails nicely into the thing, one of the big things I want to discuss with regards to the fool, which is Force Gump, right? Like that's, that's sort yeah. of, especially in the 90s, was like sort of the archetypal example of the fool to the point where like one of the books brings up like the fucking Force Gump effect as something that really shaped the conception of the fool, how people channel it, yada, yada, yada. My question is yep. Forrest Gump actually an avatar of the fool? And I, I, was, thinking about, sure. I was thinking about this yes. myself and I was like, okay, you know, like you, developmental disability, yada, yada, yada. There's a certain that's a good associate with that and after a while i was like wait this is just that one bit from tropic thunder oh you <laughs> sure okay and I, you know yes. combine this with like you're like is the, is the artist is the, sub, the 
like its own archetype, but I'd say no. I'd say the Savant is though. The Savant, I could, I could, yeah. The Savant's a good one. Yeah, actually, Savant's a really good one because that covers that well. Yeah. Um, with Forrest Gump, he doesn't really bumble. No. And as you said, he's like, yeah, he's just, he's, what's a good word for it? Like, he's not that, he's not that smart. But I mean, he's, not he's also stupid. like hyper competent. He's a great soldier. He's yeah. fucking incredible at ping pong. Apparently, an incredible sure. lover. He's he's very straightforward. Yeah. He can't think of a whole bunch of things at once. Yeah. So he whatever he's doing, he does it with complete concentration. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's he's, he's 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 not smart, but he's not stupid. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's not any example in that film of him doing something. I can't think of one where he does something stupid. Really? Uh, you know, there's a couple things where it's like him talking to Candy and being like, I really have to pee. That's more like socially Yeah, awkward. exactly. Uh, exactly. Anything else? But there's one part, I think, where he sets off like some big, uh, big disaster, I think. Was that Tropic Thunder? No, no. I do think that, if I remember correctly, in the sequel book, which is like weird because it's like partially uh, it's more of a sequel to the original book than the movie but like the movie exists in the book's canon like the opening line is don't let anybody ever make your laugh into a movie that's that's pretty funny okay that's pretty great um if i remember correctly in that one he is partially responsible accidentally for the oklahoma city bombing oh no i think that the uh, the movie definitely had more of a uh social impact yes. and it might be that the, the, the forest gump effect it happens because you know these things are determined by the collective unconsciousness yeah and if you discuss it and analyze it, you'd be like well he's not really the fool but the average person if he says like give me an example of a of a great fool from pop culture they might be a hmm forest gump yeah so that's just how the invisible clergy clergies i'm afraid now who i'd lean towards goofy yeah sure it's all a choice do you see more pure fools in animation i think yeah i'd agree like it, it's a very classic sort of slapstick uh style little stock character and a lot of those have survived especially in animation like you're uh you're a homer simpson homer simpson you, uh, you mentioned shaggy before. another good one yeah whereas bart is the trickster which is interesting there you I, go i'd say yes. bart simpson is a yes. trickster especially you know earlier seasons you were talking here other simpsons potential fools yeah like okay there you go steven universe is the fucking example of the fool when like homer simpson's right fucking there yeah with a bit more cultural relevance maybe i don't know or at least like lasting it's interesting seeing those little parts of three that slip in where it's like mid late millennial media sensibility slipping in and kind of clashing a little bit with the overarching gen x sensibility yeah trying to um keep up with the cool kids hey greg uh, but that's well you know there was a lot of people it wasn't just greg that wrote this sure sure oh no i can't criticize yeah plenty of examples sort of mr magoo uh mr bean mr bean yeah solid solid example yeah like you know a lot of these are pretty oblique mythological references and even ones like dionysus sure he can be said to be a fool but also kind of fits in a lot of trickstery stuff too. Yeah. You know, the, the main reason Dionysus is a fool is because he's like a drunk, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's some like fair, like folktale type like characters, yeah. like Ivan the Fool, yeah. Russian folklore, and like the, 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 it's around, it's yeah. around. It's definitely around, agreed. It's just, uh, you know, I guess who they pick for the masks are uh, kind of strange choices. Okay, they have given an example uh, Timothy Dexter. That's the example they give on TV tropes. And then with a link to his Wikipedia page. 
uh, a man, an American businessman known for his terrible business decisions that ended up being extremely profitable. Famously stocking up on continental dollars. Were you the one talking about this to me? Uh, I think it was someone else because I, I don't remember hearing about this guy. Authored the book A Pickle for the Knowing Ones in which he complained about politicians, the clergy, and his life. The book contains 8,847 words, but without any punctuation and with a orthodox spelling and capitalization. So he would sell, um, he bought continental dollars during the Revolutionary War, uh, which people thought that was stupid. Because that, was, that was a stupid thing to do because they didn't expect the colonies to win, but they did, so they ended up being worth a lot of money. He, sell, he sold bed warming pans to the Caribbean, but they turned out to be great molasses ladles, so he made a lot of money on that from the booming molasses industry. He sold mittens, woolen mittens in, in the Caribbean, which is a terrible idea, but traders bound for, the, for Siberia took, like, bought them on the way. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's a, God, that's he even faked example. his own death. To see how people react. Perfect. All right, I you know, as far as candidates for uh, candidates for who ascended as the fool go, I think this guy's pretty up there. Not sure if he's still up there. Yeah, sure. But you know, I, I think this would work pretty well. Yeah, solid candidate. All right, so now we should probably get moving on to the trickster. Trickster. Yes. Now let's. Now that now we're going deep, deep into. Like, is this, is this 1E territory we're going into? Uh, yes. I mean, 1E, 2E are basically the same fucking thing, let's be honest. <laughs> I know, but this this is, this, the, the trickster was included in Statosphere, which came out before the second Ed book, correct? It is mentioned in All book right. three. It is mentioned in book three, okay, but sure, as sure. it's they, classic for book three, they give it like a paragraph. Yeah. Fucking useful book. <laughs> um, <laughs> full of paragraphs telling me things I already know. Anyway. So the trickster. Yeah. Uh, trickster, un- unlike the fool, the trickster is clever. Yes. Uh, Very clever. Sometimes they're, too they're, clever. Yeah, that's sort of their main characteristic, that they are clever. Yes, they like to plot, manipulate, lie, trick. They are tricksters. Um, that's their main motivation play tricks at the expense of people to knock them down a peg usually they're very flamboyant uh you they are usually aren't trying to like hurt anyone more just uh embarrass them i know i wouldn't even i wouldn't even include this i would i wouldn't say that like the trickster is not out to hurt and destroy such necessarily but i think you could have like it covers both they're usually more interested self-interested i mean like yeah you can make you know classic might be like the joker or something right where it's like all right yeah. that, that character's whole thing is like he's using sort of trickster tropes in a way that is actually like harmful physically but your average trickster is less trying to hurt someone usually they'll like get someone to hurt themselves this is like the sort of mm. classic Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd situation, where, like, if, if Elmer just fucking gave up, then <laughs> yeah, he'd sure. save himself a, a, a lot of hurt. Yeah, just just go and buy some rabbit yeah. from the butcher yeah. if you want rabbit. It's clearly not working. Or find a different rabbit to hunt that's not sentient yeah. and also magical. But... When uh, you're dealing with a trickster, generally, generally they only hurt people that like self-defense and self-preservation. They they usually aren't trying to target people for violence. You, if they are targeting people, it's more as like a take them down a notch, right? Uh, get, uh, sure. It sort of depends on how old school you want to get with it, because like 
the tricksters from mythology can be fucking mean. It's true. And you get it's to true. Your and it's shit. true, but also like it's a different sense of like what how valid harm is, right? Where like, you know, shit nowadays from like the Grimm's fairy tales where it's like, oh yeah, and then he made then they made the stepfather stepmother dance wearing uh, boots of hot iron like oh that's that's super fucked up and you know but from a more evil perspective it's like all right well you know she's not fucking dead could be worse i'm wondering if jigsaw counts as a trickster from the saw movies interesting um and there no there like there's the whole thing of like cleverness being a bit overly clever often trying to teach someone some sort of lesson yeah i could see that I could see that. No, like, I'll give you that. Like, that and the Joker, right? Like, I mean, especially, like, the Joker and it's in his, like, post-Frank Miller gritty, grittier uh, manifestations. Post-Frank Miller slash, um, God, what's that fucking Alan Moore story? The Killing Joke? Killing Joke, thank you. Yes, yeah. Or, like, The Killing Joke. Both Killing Joke, Dark Knight uh, Returns sort of shit. But, you know, you think of, like, Romero Joker. That That's a very, like, classic sort of, like, very extreme trickster because he's, like, blown up buildings and shit, but... I mean, Batman has a lot of characters like that. The Riddler is also... The Riddler might even be argued as more of a classic trickster than the Joker is. You could argue, like, especially, like, 60s Batman yeah. was a bit trickster. No, that's what I mean when I say... That's why I say... Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nah, like... You would bamboozle them. Yeah, but the Batman, Batman, like, in the 60s is very much, like, a symbol of authority. Yeah. He's very much on the side True. of, like, mainstream authority, whereas I'd argue the trickster... That's like one of the big things is like they can't be mainstream authority. I don't know. I, now I want to run a fucking a trickster cop character. See how it goes. Can you think of any characters like that though? A trickster cop that is like not a cop that's not depicted as like some sort of renegade. Well, I'm thinking. Well, what's his name from the Wire? The the, the white cop in the Wire did some tricks, and like a lot of characters in the Wire. Yeah, had some I, moments. Yeah, like the Wire's full of very clever people. Yeah, it'd be like sort of like a semi renegade, but then it gets like because of that power. The trickster dynamic. can't be a square. I think that's like an important it's part true. of them. Like the you know they can even be on the side of authority, maybe, but they can't be a square. But like a Columbo type. Columbo. Good piece. Yeah, there's a good trickster, and that's a also a classic example of a trickster that plays the fool a lot. Sure. Yeah. He has authority to an extent. He has authority, and he's not—he's not really a renegade so much as considered a, a kind of an oddball. Sure, sure. Though it's also important to keep in mind that Columbo is almost always sure he's on the side of the police, but he's usually the underdog. Pretty much all the people he's taking right. down are some sort of rich fuck. Well, that's how you're going to be a cop, yeah. trickster, yeah, or exactly. like a detective trickster, exactly. That would actually fit would it would fit into like how you act as cop trickster would be the same as any other type of tricksters yeah. because the taboo is if you're given the choice between the straightforward thing and the and the crazy wild yeah. um deceitful elaborate scheme you'll choose the scheme so yeah the cop you could go out and like just arrest the person or use like violence or whatever yeah, yeah. but that then you're not a trickster you have to trick the criminal into revealing like i think um What's his name in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine? The the main character. I've seen much of uh, it. Jake Peralta has. Yeah. A, Jake Peralta does that a couple of times, and he's like tricking the, the like, tricking the criminal in the interrogation room. So I think as an archetype, it, as, as as a potential way of having the archetype, the trickster shows up in lots of places. It potentially can show up in lots of places. I think that's like the big po- component. I think is. The trickster needs to remain the underdog, right? I was gonna, I was gonna say you can't, you can't have a trickster 
doctor, but then I was thinking of uh, Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. And I'm like, he's kind of a trickster. Yeah, in a way. yeah. But, like, the Joker is an underdog, I'd argue, right? Even if he, like, has this, like, huge criminal empire and whatnot, he's still up against, like, a fucking billionaire with... A bunch of fancy it's gadgets true. and shit. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's that that's the thing that makes you root for a trickster. That's a big part of it. It's like when there's the sense of comeuppance. You know, the the, the trickster... The trickster always need It always needs to feel like the trickster is punching up for them to be likable. Well, it's like when Batman is, like, doing shit like, I have to figure out ways to take out the rest of the Justice League yeah. just in case. Yeah, so he yeah. gets into, like, trickster territory. Sure, He's sure. Like, Haha, I will... I have to bamboozle Wonder Woman and all that. So, yeah... Because you have to figure out, like, schemes. It's pretty hard to consider... It's pretty hard to be in a situation where Superman's the underdog. It's it's true. Unless he's fighting Goku. Oh, Um, well, yes. Well, no. uh, See, I disagree, because I... Stop that. I don't want to stop this debate. It's a dangerous dangerous path (laughs) to go down. I mean, that's why Lex Luthor works with him, though, right? Because Lex Luthor is a good villain for... Superman because he's a villain that is able to because like whenever it's like a problem of force Superman's just gonna win right so yeah. Lex Luthor needs to be the guy that's like trying to outsmart him and yeah uses non-direct means of combating him and that that's where Superman struggles yeah, yeah and also he'll use um Superman's morality yes. against him yes that's a big advantage yeah same as the Joker and against Batman yes also true so yeah the uh, yeah you're right like the trickster I, I would argue the trickster, the trickster is remarkably amoral a lot of the times. Even it's it's more that's it. Yeah, it's, just we often tend to like them because they're knocking people down a peg that we like. But then you know, often like the way that you'll like make the trickster more complicated or whatever, or like give them a moment of to make them more uh, to make them a bit less likable is you put them up against someone where they're obviously punching down. And they continue to, you know, trick this guy. I'd say that it's like, in the same way that the mother has, like, the nurturing mother aspect and the devouring mother aspect, the trickster easily has both, like, a positive spin and a negative spin, or like a socially, a social spin and an antisocial spin. But in general, they're sort of in between. Yeah, and the the negative spin isn't usually, like, the Joker-style shit, where, like, oh, they're they're making bombs that look like uh, jack-in-the-boxes. It's like, oh... They're tricking someone in a way that feels really mean. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's part of it that goes all the way back to the mythical and legendary tricksters, so it can't really be taken away. Yeah, and you'll see that in some of those myths sometimes, where, like, the trickster will go too far, not in just the sense where they end up tangled up in their own web, which uh, the write-up talks about, but in a sense where they get everyone against them because they've started punching down and being a dick. Loki's a classic example of that. Yeah. Even with, like, modern examples of just people, like, when you think of con artists, there's plenty of, like, like uh, representations of, like, con artists with the heart of gold, but there's also plenty of representations and, and realities of con artists who are just fucking terrible yeah. people. Um, you, could, you could be... You can be a trickster... Um, calling old people and getting them to buy gift cards and shit like that. Yep. Like, it's... You're not necessarily, you're not necessarily punching up. 
I mean, one of the suspected avatars they list is P.T. Barnum. That's a great example. P.T. Barnum, you know, there is that sense of panache and the uh, theater there that makes him a bit more likable. But, you know, fundamentally, he was just like, all right, I want to fleece people out of their money. And I wonder if this, like, because there is a bit of a difference between, in terms of tricksters, um, there's tricksters for profit and there's tricksters for the sake of tricksterness. And that's, 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 I think that's part of why P.T. Barnum is never, like, you know, I don't know much about the guy. He probably did some really fucked up stuff in the way that a lot of rich people in show business with that sort of mentality tend to. I can't imagine he treated employees, yeah. his employees super well or anything, but broadly, he, like, that character is sort of likable because, you know, when he's fleecing you, he's still in line to you. It's still fundamentally for your entertainment. I was thinking of, um, like, modern potential avatars. I was thinking of your, your Sasha Baron Cohen's, your Eric Andre's, your Tom Green's Once Upon a Time. Andy Kaufman is also given, which is, that's, that's a great example. Uh, Tim and Eric, I'd put up there. Eric Andre, definitely. One thing I thought was maybe, like, being, like, a performer about it might weaken your connection. Oh, I disagree. It's, it's, it's sort of... Uh, I definitely disagree. Maybe. But I was thinking, like, um, what would be interesting would be, like, the true avatars of the trickster not being all the well-known ones, but, like, the the people that write um, that Just for Laughs show out of Quebec, you know, the one where they just put, like, it's, it's like, um, not much speaking because it's, like, meant for, like, the Canadian market overall, like, English and French market, so... Um, it's just like scenes of them like setting up weird pranks sure. and you see them all over YouTube. But like having the ones behind that be the, the avatars, like not obvious, not someone obvious, yeah. but someone who you've never heard of, but has this sort of like fun, uh, what's the word for it? A uh, candid camera esque uh, setup going on. I think that's sort of the, maybe the key thing is that the trickster must remain fundamentally entertaining to an outsider. You don't need to like the trickster, but as long as they're still entertaining to watch, that's that's what maintains their trickster status. You know, it's like the, the whole that Mel Brooks quote, right? Tragedy is when I get a hangnail. Comedy is when someone else falls in an open sewer and dies. It's yeah. like, yeah. all right, it's funny when it's happening to someone else. And even when you know, like, oh man, yes. this is... The steel feels kind of mean. That can detract from it a bit, but something can you can know something in your gut is mean and still kind of find it funny. Sure, yeah, sure. Because we're we're all terrible yeah. at heart. Yeah, but there is a point where something is so mean that it stops being funny, and that's that's when it starts damaging the trick. Yeah, that's even true. if we know rationally it's mean, if it mean if it stays entertaining. Then you're good as a trickster. You're, you're solid, and that that that's where like a lot of YouTube prank shows are. That that's why there hasn't been like a one of those guys is like the Godwalker or something, right? Because they often go too far in a way that a lot of people. It kind of creates a sort of a, a feedback loop, you know. When we're when we're in groups, that sort of a moral gut instinct tends to be stronger. I think you know what I mean. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, but again, that just, can be bad. Yeah, and yes, they can be bad, but they, they need to be entertaining. And, you know, that's like your Saul Goodman and shit, right? Though Saul Goodman's also complicated by the fact that... Mate, do they have to be entertaining, or do they have to be, like, just cunning and deceitful and schemy? I, I the think it's... has to be elaborate and ridiculous. Well, th those are... All those things are what make it entertaining, I think. The, the, how elaborate it is, the scheming nature of it. Co a, co a con artist isn't necessarily entertaining. No, they're then a they're not artist. a trickster, I'd argue. I mean, there's lots of... There's lots of seal killers with extremely elaborate MOs. Are they fucking tricksters? Mm, yeah, true. Yeah, maybe. I feel... Okay, this this is this thing it says here uh, about the trickster. Uh, flash and flamboyance yeah. are his hallmarks. Yes. Laughter follows him and trust is his instrument. But... 
when he leaves the stage, the effects of his plans manifest themselves. The laughter stops and the trust vanishes until the next time. Um, So there is a, there is like an allowance for like, there's a point when it stops being funny. Well, but also read the exact next sentence after that. You can't help but like the clever fellow and you know, he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, true. Right. It's, it's important that I don't think the likability is crucial so much as Mm. the sense of entertainment. Because I, yeah. I do think there's, like you said, tricksters that aren't really people we like. They even sound like the Joker, right? Like, the Joker's fun. Yeah. Like, even though, like, constantly, oh, yeah, this, this guy's fucked up. You're still like, oh, you know, he's fun. He's fun to watch. You still kind of like the guy. But I don't know if... I don't think the trickster is being a trickster for the sake of entertainment. There's no reference to that. It's all just... it's It's deceit and manipulation for its own sake and complex complex schemes for their own sake rather than complex theme, schemes to entertain the masses. It's no, not really a... it's it's more... I'm not saying you're entertaining the masses. It just need, the, the act needs to be something that's fundamentally entertaining, especially to the other people at the table, I'd say, right? Like that, That's kind of the measure of it, right? Sure. Like, uh, maybe how I'd handle this would be like, all right, if you as a trickster pull some stunt that gets all the other players at the table pissed at you, then you taboo. I would not. No, I would. I wouldn't do that at all because people always get pissed off at the trickster as well. No, again, that, that, <laughs> hence why I said all the all of the other people at the table. You know, when it's just uh, one other player getting targeted, everyone everyone else has a laugh. When it's all the people are like, dude, you went too far, then. I don't. I don't you see know, the point it, of that. It, it, <laughs> all right, really all right. Maybe I'm getting a bit too meta with this. The other thing that comes to mind is like you know, uh, a trickster's uh, a trickster's shenanigans. Even if they aren't like they aren't consciously performing a lot of the time, but you know, say those shenanigans get caught on camera by a security guard without the trickster knowing. Those shenanigans should make that security guard bust a gut. He's not the comedian. He's the trickster. Okay, but the trickster is fundamentally a comedic archetype. No, I don't think so. Not fundamentally. Okay, look at fucking like, Ki- like the examples given. Coyote. There is humor to be found there, but it can be like the, the 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 person laughing can just be the trickster up in the invisible clergy going, Haha, "That was well done." Everyone can hate it. Like there are stories of cunning and humor, but they're they're I would a say step everyone apart. Everyone else from... in the story is laughing. It's the sort of invisible. I mean, in this case, the, the saying the invisible clergy laughing is a good way of putting it because the invisible clergy is sort of the, the audience in this case, right? They're the universe's audience. Right, yeah. That's saying it's it's not... Even if the trickster is the only one left laughing in the story, all the people listening to the story should be laughing too. Yeah, because they're on the, the trickster side kind of thing. I don't know. I just think incorporating that element into play makes it too difficult sure and, and again it, it, it does skew kind of meta in a way that i mean i i tend to like those sort of mechanics but i know a lot of people don't i mean it's to me it's just um the fact that it's like the the performance acts aspect i go against yeah. because i don't think it's about performance that would be other archetypes even though that people can't help but like the trickster because he's manipulative not because he's entertaining necessarily. The, the 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 manipulation can be entertaining at the time, um, or or um, intriguing, or um, greed inspiring, or I mean, whatever. All of those things that you're saying just sound like synonyms for entertainment to me. Being entertained. 
because the the trickster tricks people by offering them something they want. So of course, like they are entertained or at least like positively disposed towards it. A uh, trickster is not like a trickster yeah, there's a lot plays of tricks on people that. by using. There's them. a lot of people that do that, and like I said, aren't necessarily tricksters. Like, but that's not the that's the means, not the end. Sure, sure. Well, that's kind of thing is that mean the means and the end for the trickster are supposed to be the same thing. Tricking people, but, that's, but the end is not entertainment. The end is deceit and well, manipulation. Yes, as is the, the means. The end is that's tricks. what I was saying. The means and the end are both deceit and well, fucking yes, trickery. Um. Yeah, but, like, entertaining someone is one way to deceive them. Also, scaring someone about something that doesn't exist. Or, like, thinking of, like, different styles of con artistry. Yes. Um, some of them are entertaining and some of them are more, um, like, fear-invoking. But, like sure, but fear I, 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 I don't think that it's, um, you know, there's, like, famous con artists out there. But the ones that are listed as suspected avatars, they aren't con artists. They're fucking entertainers. I'm P.T. Barnum was both. But, you know, they, they list two Yeah, maybe so you said the con artist is a different thing. I don't know, because we've it talked about this, too, like, we've based talked about on this, like, the rake. We, we've discussed the idea of there being a separate con artist avatar, and I, I, I think there's something to be said that it, yeah. it could be separate from the trickster. Maybe. I'd, I'd say the key thing is that the con artist, the means is not the end, right? The trickster, deceit is the means and the end, whereas the end for a con artist is just self-enrichment. The means, the means is trickery, but it's it's not trickery for its own sake. It's trickery for uh, self enrichment. Perhaps, perhaps I don't know. I, I I I feel that our difficulty in nailing down what the trickster really represents is basically like any anyone who studied like the trickster archetype in like folklore has also had this yeah, problem. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard uh, to pin down. <laughs> it's, it's emblematic of it. It's more... And it's meant to be hard to pin it, down. It's not a personality. It's more of like a usual role in a sto- in stories is what kind of characterizes yeah. the trickster. But that's what an archetype's all about. Yeah. It's not a personality. It's a role. Yes. It can be entertaining, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it just has to be... There are different ways you can be a trickster. Though, I mean, the write-up here does really emphasize that they're supposed to be, like, likable, I think. It's it's literally the... Oh, yeah, in the first the first channel, yeah. Well, not just that. Like, they, they mention in, like, the general write-up, like, you can't help but like the clever fellow. Oh, you know, he's his own worst enemy. It's in the same way that, like, um, certain characters who are, like, like Jigsaw. People like Jigsaw. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good, he's a good villain. Would you say Jigsaw is likable in the same way that, like, well, you're fucking... That, like, someone like the Joker would be? I mean, they're pretty similar in terms of being fucked up. Sure, um, but... I think a like, better comparison would be Jigsaw versus, like, It's a different like, sort of Bunny. theatricality, yeah. <laughs> because they're different... They're different kinds of tricksters. Yeah, it's true. With different motivations, but they're still tricksters. I don't know. I, I do like, as a, as a channel, the first channel being that people generally respond positively to the trickster. Yeah. I would give some sort of defense against this, make it a bit harder um, or not hard or impossible to work at all if you have someone with a passion or obsession that's like opposed to liars and frauds. Yeah. Like, to, like, unless you roll real well, you're not going to get them. But the average person... Yeah, as opposed to just the strength of the soul roll. That, that always struck me as kind of weird too. Though, what could be a fun replacement for that for third edition is like, okay, if you're lie score is higher than the tricksters is higher than the trickster totally yeah no i like i like the passion thing too because like i think there should be like two people that don't like him one people that can like see through him because like they have a high lie 
And the other should be people that just really don't like the sort of person in general. And that's good for, like, passions and obsessions, I think. Yeah, sure. And, you know, that's a, that's the exact sort of character, the latter case, that the trickster often has as a target. The, the staid and stuffy, yeah. you know, person that cares too much about the letter of the law, that sort of character. And that fits with the, the, the sort of the way the taboo is set up in that you want to trick someone? Do you want to trick the, the gullible chump over there or that like really suspicious paranoid yeah. guy that's giving you the, yeah. the evil eye yeah. of course you're gonna go for that yeah. guy because you're the trickster there's no need to go for the chump too easy that's a good archetype the chump the patsy yeah okay so the second channel is the trickster makes the ability to make a perfect lie when they do a successful avatar of the trick roll trickster roll the trickster is able to convince his target of the veracity of a single statement no matter how outlandish the statement is that's a super fun ability and super classic trickster ability too that's true i don't know it's a bit i don't know i'm not a huge i, I can see how it's fun in play yeah that's another one of those abilities that's like super fun to be the person that can do it but could get really dicey if you're the person getting targeted by it yeah, I think this is just kind of one of those things where you need to lay in in like third issue. You need to lead into like some of the story gaming sides of uh, UA three and just be like, all right, just for the duration of the scene, you, you got to pretend. Maybe I would say that um, I, what one idea I had was that um, the trickster instinctively maybe can tell someone's like passions, so he can use them again, like use them to craft the perfect. That's line. Mm, that, that that's a bit much, I think, because that's just like okay, you you can that just you can coerce someone super well. I, I like it being a bit supernatural. The one not about coercing. It's not about coercing. It's about knowing what people want to hear, knowing that, what they're the worried about, worrying what they care about. For leveraging passions to manipulate people, it's the coercion system. Yeah, like that. That's that, that, that's just like what would fit there. Um, but no, I, I like the, the other that, one. The coercing is, mind, not, is not lying. The other though. thing that comes to mind would be like a all right to understand that's not a lie. You need to like roll some sort of stress check, like a fairly high level stress check. I would skip the stress checks on that. I would say that it wouldn't be a coercion at all because you're not coercing someone to do something. Well, you're lying to them. And it's about the perfect lie, and using like con artists in reality will use information. Well, again, this isn't a con artist. I I thought we were going over that. This isn't a con artist. This is a trickster. Which you know, there's some overlap there again, but I I do think that's a separate archetype. I don't think it's it's clear. Uh, It might be. I think there's too many aspects of the con artist in here that to make a clearly distinct con artist archetype, I'd have to see it. But, like, the whole, the first channel, second channel, these are, like, classic Connor sort of things, rather than, like, playing tricks, necessarily. Well, that's why the perfect lie is so important, because you see so often this character mythology is, like, you know, they they convince someone to believe something absolutely fucking ridiculous. Maybe. But, like, like, what, what you're kind of gesturing at, I think, is very important, which is how do you, how, how would you come up with a version of this that, one, the players are targeted by it? It, uh, it isn't frustrating. Like that, I think, is a worthwhile question to ask for this channel. This is why I was like suggesting like the trickster can know the passions, because if they don't know that someone's a trickster, <laughs> then the trickster can come up to them and be like, oh, um, I, I, I know what you, you really care about such and such cause. Well, I can help you with such and such cause. And like players will be like, oh, great. 
the, the, something something that's helpful with for this sort of thing is like you a mechanic that like give, again this is maybe a bit story gamey but the the trickster is a very sort of the trickster is one of those character types that very much follows like story logic more than actual logic um so maybe like yeah. you could pull this off by like all right if a player gets targeted they can if they play along then it's two things one everyone around them will believe this guy so that can like cause isolation issues yeah and two if they play along uh the player does then they they get some sort of benny maybe yeah. Like, well, what's a Benny that could be given in that case? Like, I don't know, fucking, um... Okay, this is not just the trickster. It's like, if any NPC rolls lie against your character, like, the, the, you're gonna have the problem of, like, the piece, the, the player might be like, but I don't believe that. Um, it's like, well, your character does. Um, just like how yeah. you're not stabbed, but your character is. Yeah. And that's always kind of a tricky thing to thread. I guess it is. It is um, because it becomes an aspect of like um, people. I, I think there's things that you can talk do about, with like player agency and such. Usually, what I do with this is I just like I, in my GM narration try to convince the player too. Right. Where it's like, all right, you know, yeah. if they roll a good lie roll, you you say all things like, listen, this guy seems really fucking sincere. Like the. Um, yeah. I remember correctly. Also, like it's not just a successful lie roll; it's like opposed. I think if you have players who are okay with like dramatic irony yeah or at least it's uh, because then you're not tricking them in reality you're just like well i mean my thing is i <laughs> tend to is... like to a align player um knowledge with character knowledge as much as possible uh, right. i i yeah. I, I, lo- uh, I like role playing to be something largely emergent from just kind of me to the best of my ability to GM, successfully convincing my players to think how their characters would. But when you're talking about trust, that gets really difficult. Well, then, or you just have to say, like, yeah, this guy, yeah, he seems really on the level. <laughs> he seems really, like, ro- you'd roll trickster, that you, they roll lie, like, oh, I want to see if this guy's lying, so maybe their lie rolls higher, they'll figure it out. But if their lie rolls lower, you're like, hey, this guy seems on the level. Uh, and then later you could be... You could maybe something that would help would be it only works while you're in the trickster's vicinity. Like, he, they can still lie to you and you can still trust them afterwards, but it's only a perfect lie while they're around, right? Kind of like the first channel. Maybe, but then it becomes more obvious to the player that it's fake. No, sure. Well, in which case, again, I think like something like the Bennies could be helpful because this is the trickiness when you're talking about like any sort of like supernatural ability that very much keys into storytelling tropes and making the world conform to storytelling tropes. Sure. Um, it's difficult. I mean... Like it, I don't like your whole read passions thing for a number of reasons, but it might be the best one if you want to like maintain that sort of suspension. If you want to align players with their character, the the purpose of it, like, because you think of it in terms of like it's going to be like coerced, and I don't think it's going to be like coerced at all. It's the purpose of it is crafting the perfect lie. I, I get you, I get you, but that's what it's going to get used for in practice, because that's the sort of what the game already has as scaffolding for how to use passions. You're thinking more of, like, you're worried about, like, when the uh, trickster GMC use it and bits of PCs. I'm thinking more of, like, when the PC trickster uses against GMCs, being like, you roll to know what this person cares about, which will help you come up with a lie. Um, so it's like, it, it, it's more like you're able to give the perfect lie for this person. 
I know. Maybe some of that comes. And it gives you a bit of extra information. Sure, but again, like my my point is like okay, the the what the rules have for the use of passions is crafting coercion. Even if you say in a little write up, this is that's, to create the perfect targeted lie for this person. It's like all right, sure, that's all that, it's actually going to get used for. I think. Okay. Yeah, but okay. Just say this is not coercion. Because passions well, aren't so, only like, used it, for coercion. Well, they use it, it, it's the intent well. there that, like, you disallow the use of passions for coercion in that circumstance? No, but but if you are using passions to coerce, you would be using passions to coerce. Well, the if point you is are they reading still, someone's they, passion they, they, to come up with a lie. They, they still know their passions, though. Sure. In which case, the most that's, effective that's, that's, thing that's, that's would a, be to a, use a, it to coerce. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to do that because that's not a trick. Okay, there's that's actually a fun one, right? So like, you know, that that that's a good caveat, right? Like, you can use this for coercion, but that's not a trick. Therefore, if you use it for that purpose, you taboo. That's yeah, a good way. Exactly. I like that. That's solid. Don't disallow it. Just be like, okay, no, you know, this is something that you have in your pocket, but that's not the goal, right? Your goal is not to coerce them directly. Your goal is to yeah. trick them. Okay, yes. that's solid. Where it's like, okay, you you learn this person's passions, it, 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 but now you taboo if you use them to coerce them. That's fun. I like that a lot, well, actually. It, it, it's sort of like, maybe you could like incorporate some coercion into your lie, but it it, it has to be not like just you're coercing them with like violence. Well, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? Like like, yeah. I, I, I think the sort of playstyle that the trickster should, should encourage is... The player coming up with all sorts of harebrained schemes, right? And yeah, in sure. my opinion, like, yeah. using a sort of the direct conflict resolution mechanism that the game has isn't really a harebrained scheme. Yeah, yeah right. You, you, you want to be some crazy bullshit that is probably, again, like, kind of likely to blow back in your face, but that, that works for the trickster. So, yeah, yeah. I like that a yeah. lot where it's like, okay, you know their passions, but asterisk, if you use those passions on a coercion attempt, then you taboo. Yeah. Because you're... Exactly. Now you're no longer doing the straight... Now you're just acting straightforward and confronting them as opposed to... Yeah. Tricking them. That, 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 that's fun. I like that a lot, actually. All right. So, next channel. Uh, the trickster gains a great deal of insight into the ways people think, feel, and believe. Trickster may flip-flop any role against any skill being used to deceive someone as long as the result is lower than his avatar trickster role. That's kind of weirdly fiddly, but I get it. I mean, the, the easy fix for this, like, all right, the trickster can flip-flop lies. It's kind of very invisible and mundane. Yeah. Though. If anything, maybe switch this one, the second channel, the third channel. Yeah. Don't trick the trick. You can't trick the trickster um, sort of thing. Mm. I'd maybe say, like, you can flip-flop any lie if the GM deems it sufficiently ridiculous. Or, or, yeah, you don't have to... Um, Man, it should work for Connect Two. It should be like you're not technically lying, but you're like schmoozing with someone. But you could also be like the trickster who's like you see someone else's attempt at deceit, and either you bamboozle it or you like come and help yeah. them. You're like, oh, this will be yeah. fun. I'm gonna go and join in on this. Yeah, this. You know, I know exactly what this guy's talking about. Um, Honestly, I think make it clear that yeah. I think this one saw just flip flop any role. Like, lie is a common one, but they also just any type of deception, like disguising yourself, forging documents, sure. counterfeiting, magic tricks, um, getting out of speeding tickets, etc. And though not not all those are necessarily lie. Yeah, exactly. It, like this is a good second channel, I think, because it's less obvious. 
Um, according to the the, the the avatar creation thing we went through ages ago, I think that would be better. And I do like the idea of like the trickster like seeing someone in disguise and coming up and being like and like adjusting something to make it more realistic, which represents the flip flop helping them out of it. Yeah. Um, it. Well, like it, because that's the sort of thing a trickster would do. A trickster is like capricious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like they they go up to the person in disguise, adjust their mustache a little bit. And in such a way that, like, you know, it, it lets the disguised person know that the trickster knows that they aren't who they say they are. But then they're like, all right, looks way better. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. With a smack much. on the back. But yeah, no, that's fun. I think swapping these around, I think because the perfect lie is pretty strong, it fits better for 71% plus. But like this sort of like flip flopping stuff, that's pretty still pretty good for a fifty one. It's a good, especially with that caveat of you can't because you know I like read passion being an identity feature, like uh, Ben suggested. That's a cool one. So I'm pretty apprehensive of some of the avatar stuff. That's like you can read every passion, but having it be like you can read every passion, but you can actually use it use it for coercion. You need to use it for targeted uh, elaborate schemes is a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. And again, you can I think, still like, use maybe it like, for coercion if you want, but it's like, all right, there, there's an interesting choice there. Do you want to use this for coercion and taboo, or do you want to just uh, hold on to it and come up with something more trickstery? It, it might not be like you could read any like specific passion. It's not like you're not necessarily reading the read passion, the rage passion. You'd be like, you can read the passion that is going to help you craft the oh, lies. With that limitation, I'm a lot more comfortable with it just being like, all right, you can use this for, you can you get all of their passion because you can't actually use them okay. to, for direct coercion sure. without tabooing. So you, you know all their passions and that's all stuff that, and hell, maybe even their obsession too, right? That's like, that's a very classic trickster thing of like, okay, what's, how how can I sort of, what's the thing that I can use to sort of matador you into making yourself look like a yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, like you give them all those, but it's like, okay, but you can't actually use these to co- coerce without tabooing. Because that's an interesting decision, that's fine. right? Yeah. Okay, so and then the last channel, classic, it's a it's a solid one, I think. So, very it's classic Bugs Bunny, and they bring up Comedia dell'arte, though I don't really know that sort of, um, I don't know opera very well. But basically, the... The trickster can dress up in a lame disguise and it's totally convincing. You want to look like Patrick Stewart? Put on a skinhead wig and fake a bad British accent. Yep. Want to look like a hot woman? Paint your lips red and shove oranges under your shirt. I, I would even extend it beyond, like, disguising yourself as a person, but, like, disguising yourself as, like, a, a potted plant or anything. Sure, that's like, also good. It works that's if also you make good. It. No, I agree. Like, you should be able to disguise yourself as fucking anything. You want to look like a potted plant? Like, put a fucking, like, branch in front of your face and sit cross-legged. Right, yeah. Because this is the level when you're starting to get, like, actively supernatural yeah, effects. Yeah. Um, so, yeah that's fine you want to put on some cat ears and prowl around and be thought of as the the phantom cat of this small town that's fine phantom lion or whatever or yeah any object inanimate animate or human or otherwise now it's fine two things i want to add to this one they do mention that this even works for Orosite, which is super cool. That's pretty great. And two, I think this shouldn't work with security footage. Well, this shouldn't work with footage after a certain point is the thing, right? Like, you know, if it's something on like an active security feed, then the disguise should work. But it should be like, you know, when you're looking at, you're like, oh, I didn't see anything and I was paying attention too. 
But then when your boss comes in to check the security feeds, and then you see, like, plain as day, the guy holding, like, yeah. a branch in front of his face to, like, a potted plant. Yeah. And then that's the trickster moment, right? But if even if it's, um, if it's live... Like, even if, if they've live, got, it like, work. sort when of, like... recordings, it shouldn't work, is how I'd put it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So if, if they've got, like, some kind of, like, AI system yeah. that recognizes things, yeah. or it's, like, China's social credit, yeah. like, the cameras... It works. Yeah. It works fine, um, but it's only later when it's if if it is reviewed that it's noticed, and, and it has to be like reviewed. It does. Not, it's not necessarily going to pop up. Yeah, it has to be like seen, yeah. like deliberately, or like being sought to be sought after. Yeah. Like, how did this happen? Look at the security camera. That's clearly not a fucking plant. It's a guy. How did no one notice? Well, and it's good because, like, that's it basically naturally includes in the logic of the world the setup and the payoff, right? Like, the, yeah. the, the yeah. punchline is integrated into the mechanics. Perfect. Uh, that's what you want with trickster abilities, I think. You want you want there to be that great moment of setup and, set and payoff, which uh, the first channel, I think, is good yeah. for that, too. And... Mm-hmm. I think having their liability, if you wanted to have it only work, uh, I think the second channel, so the third, what's now the third channel, if you switch to the second one, maybe you can nerf that a little bit by being like, all right, it has like the same like area of effect thing that the first channel has, where like when the trickster's around, their forged documents and their lies uh, are very convincing. Any deception they do is extremely convincing as long as they're around. But when they stop being around, there's like uh, there's another. Honestly, like may, that's maybe another way of handling that. Instead of it being like a flip flop thing, it could be like they only roll the check to see if you're lying after you've left. How does that sound? Yeah, that's good. That's 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 pretty fun. That's that's fun. So you know you can you can just hand them like a a crudely sketched uh, for you know you you want to get you don't have your idea and you and you want to get something to drink. You quickly sketch a doodle of like with a couple boxes and squiggles and a stick man and show it to the uh gas station clerk and like oh yeah no this all seems legit and they then they go back yeah that's pretty good then that's the other thing for the last one i'd say like anything uh part any part of your disguise should be effective you know if you're trying to pass yourself off as a politician if you have like your crudely made uh identity government identification that should work and it should like you know if you're trying to break into the fbi building it should scan just like a, le- a legitimate id maybe maybe i don't know that seems a bit strong to me no this is, it's not really a trick I, i'm thing. saying it's more of a... i'm saying for uh the last channel that's how it should work maybe yeah well, okay, I'd I, I say feel it's like a fun trick that when you're, like, dressed up, you know, as an FBI agent in, like, a suit that's two sizes too big for you, crudely applied yeah, blue mustache, you, you take some bit of cardstock and, like, put scribble a bunch of barcodes nah, on nah, there and then you go at the front door and they let you in. I think, bar, like, those sort of um, key passes are more... They're, like, Well, keys. the point is it should work they're in like, the moment, <laughs> but then, like, if someone checks the... The registry later. If a key isn't going to work. If I'm dressed up as someone, it doesn't mean I necessarily have, like, a key to their house. Uh, or their sure, car. but digital shit is basically... It just means that basic- other people think I'm di- there. For, for as far as the collective unconscious is concerned, digital shit is basically magic anyway. I think that a key pass is more like a key. But here's the thing. So, here's unless it thing. worked for a key, it wouldn't work he- for a key pass. Here's the key pass. thing, I think. Pun intended. Um, if... And the, it should work in the moment, but when they check the name later on, like they check the registry of, like, you know, who's logged in and out, it should be, like, an absolutely ridiculous fucking name. No, I... Nah, nah. All right. Nah, I, I, I see it. I, 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 because it's not a trick, then it's too easy. 
Uh, it's just like, ah, oh, I could get through. I could get into this building with a with my like my Sears rewards card or something. And I'm like, no, that's that, there's that plenty of that magic out it there. And it shouldn't be like the the trick shouldn't be is like you trying to break in there to accomplish some sort of goal. You should be breaking into the FBI building because you can. And because it would funny you to should, do it. You should have to, like, explain why your card isn't working. Okay. That's you should also to, like, reasonable. It should work on people. All right. Sure. I, I, it's, that, that, it's, that's, it's that's reasonable. It's key and lock. You that's can, reasonable. You, you can't, like, bamboozle a lock. I know. I, I tend to think of this in, like, cartoon logic ways. And I, I could definitely imagine Bugs Bunny dressing up as, like, a fucking fed. And, you know, scribbling down a... Um, I, you know, fundamentally, this is in a way just kind of flip-flopping and getting bonuses on your, um, forgery, isn't it? It's just, like, forgeries, I, mean, I think fairly unconvincing forgeries that you make as a trickster should be supernaturally powerful. I still think there should be a fool, and a key reading system isn't, like, I think there should be a chump that you're getting one I, over I can on. imagine, sure, sure. But, like, you know, fundamentally, the Trump is the security guys at the building. They're like, how the fuck did this happen? I, you know, I would allow it for, like, um, I would say for, like, face scans and stuff, you should be able to get in, but not a key cut. Sure. I know it's a weird no, distinction. I get you there. I get you but there. I, <laughs> I, you know, again, how I imagine this is, like, Bugs Bunny dress up as a fed, scribbles down, like, their ID, goes to the scan at the front, and, it, you know, there's a beat. You know, they put it in, they, he puts the cardstock in, there's a beat, and then it totally works, and then he just walks on through. That, yeah, I see that funny, it's a funny scene, but I don't, I don't know. Well, no, I think I that's the key thing, like, alright, the trickster should be pretty powerful, and have pretty broad abilities, but uh, you as the GM, there should be a, a bit of a mother may I aspect of, like, do you as the GM, and do the people at the table find this kind of fun, do, do they find this funny? Is this is this a good bit? All right, it, it works. Yeah, maybe. If it's a bit, I, I mean, that's rule of cool, and I go with that anyway. Um, I might allow it. It would be. I, I'd probably do it as like the fool might have to like talk his way past that's the card also or something. Like it works. still gets it in. It also works. And well, like, it needs to. You know, a class thing for like fool checks would be like. All right, the more ridiculous of an excuse you give, the GM gives you bonuses, right? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, that's it. You know, if you just say like, "Oh crap, I I, I guess I forgot to get my new replace my replacement," you won't get about it. Like, "Oh, oh, that's right. This is my cousin's ID card. We swapped the. We were handing these out to each other a couple of weeks ago." And the, you know, yeah, like, sure. You know, not not thinking of like that makes no logical sense. The the guard's like, "All right, fine, just go on and Bill." I I I have this forged card. That I've been using for training purposes, and I accidentally <laughs> got it. I got that mixed up with the real one. Oh, I'm an idiot. Oh shit! Some criminology student has my card. Oh no, I really need to get get in there and talk to someone about that because that's a problem. See, yeah, that that I'd give you like twenty or thirty if I was the GM. I think that's something that works for the fool too, right? As the GM, if you're running a game where one of your players is doing a fool or trickster avatar, if they're going to do something funny, give them bonuses. The the that's the status sphere would work the exact same way. It's the peanut gallery in the sky. You you brought up dipsomancies are a good thing to pair with fools. What do you think would be a good ad school to pair with a uh, trickster? Oh, Persona Mancy comes to mind. Would be the, uh... 
So the Mancy, yeah. the Mancy could also uh, be fun if you really want to dial down, dial in on the disguise shit. There is a lot of overlap in abilities. There then. is. There is. And that's a, that is fine, and that can make you more powerful and more specific. Well, Vestamancy is more like the clothes make the man. You get the abilities associated with clothes, whereas uh, Trickster is more like convincingly doing like the social role of like, all right, I'm yeah. a cop. As you can see, I'm wearing a mustache and <laughs> a... As all cops yes, do. Uh, I'm wearing a mustache and aviator glasses. And I have my cop's uh, hat on, even if I'm wearing plain clothes everything else. Maybe the killer app would be something like Cryptomancy. All maybe. right. Again, there's overlap. Um, secrets, sure. Trying to look at the uh, secrets and lies. Yep. Because then you charge at the like if by if you get like because they Cryptomancers tell a lot of lies, don't they? At least in the, something in the that version. occurs to me. Something that just occurred to me would be that would be an interesting combo. Would be uh, Epiduromancy with Trickster. If you want oh, to yeah. go into some like full on oh, yeah. the mask shit. That would be insane. How about Entropomancy? That, that, that's also like, fun. No, no well, yeah, that, that, That's just like, you always double down. You always fucking double <laughs> yes. down. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that means that you're charging, like, if you, every time you fail an avatar roll, you you get a bonus for your, uh, or you get you charge up your Entropomancy. Entropomancy would also be a fun mix of the fool. Yeah, that's true. Infomancy. Yeah, Infomancy. If you're an Infomancer... Uh, trickster, then sure, then that yeah. kickout's gonna work yeah. for sure. Yeah. That I think I might do that actually. Next time I play in a game, I've been wanting to do a Moonlighter for a while, so maybe uh, Epiduromancy and Trickster could be a that, that could be a fun mix. Yeah, solid. Now, what I wanted to touch on, if there's no more about these two, All these right. two right. well-established ones, because uh, thinking about this, because there is a lot of overlap, and there's also a few shades of potential archetypes that are related to these or at least um conceptually close but could be distinct um now before i go on to the jester which i mentioned earlier i'd like to briefly touch on the the sort of uh holy fool or wise fool kind of um, yeah that's archetype. that's more where i'd put forrest gump right yeah maybe yeah well and like what i'm thinking i'd of, argue that could have overlap with the savant archetype Mm, you know, like okay, this is not what I was, I was thinking of so much because yeah. that's more like protected by, like the full protected by God sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking more uh, along the lines of um, the Holy Fool in Eastern Orthodoxy, uh-huh. someone who acted intentionally foolish, provocative, someone who feigned insanity and um, said crazy things in order to um, push a religious agenda. Similar examples are the various Zen poets. Uh, Zen poet Hanshan was uh, described as having divine madness, explaining that when uh, when people asked him about Zen, he would just laugh hysterically. While the Zen master Ikkyu used to run around the, uh, the town with a human skeleton, uh, spreading the message of impermanence of life and the grim certainty of death. Um, these are kind of more like your um, Diogenes type, like just nata with like wisdom yeah um, and the classical world's full of this sort of just um the main ads dionysian cults oracle of delphi command sybil they're all kind of insane but holy at the same time i get you i mean the the i, I think the key thing with like a, a fool is you're supposed to be ignorant 
but no, you, yeah. that doesn't mean you can't be wise. This is not really that. That this is not the ignorant fool. This is the um, the one who does things which are socially inappropriate, does and says things which are socially inappropriate. Another example is from Sufi Islam, which is the Shatiat, who were um, these were people who well, these were um, ascetic utterances considered either outrageous or blasphemous mm-hmm. uh, that were sometimes denounced as foolishness or drunkenness and other times they were analyzed um, as like oh the, secretly this has like a secret yeah. profound yeah. Uh, divine message like they just go around saying like just 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 blasphemous things and they'd be like hmm but this guy's wise so we have to like interpret it probably the most straightforward would be like okay these are exam- a lot of these are examples of like conscious avatars of the fool as opposed to unconscious avatars but they're not really like deliberately doing crazy shit it feels different exactly the provocateur maybe yeah maybe like some of the stuff like you're talking about the zen masters that that could strike me as like a conscious full avatar because you sure it's not bumbling but it's doing some crazy shit it's all about like divine madness is something that's like unconventional or outrageous behavior which is linked to religious pursuits well and it I shows up lots of places yeah um i mean i did once write up a archetype avatar of the mad prophet maybe that's it and, <laughs> maybe that's it i need to look at it again and it feels very from what i remember of writing it it feels kind of different from what you guys are going and it, it really like it was more like cassandra shit where it's like all right you you can legitimately see the future so all oh, right that kind of but i could so. i could very easily see an avatar of the madman but this is like a very specific kind of madman like it's a madman that is like a holy madman kind of thing can you um, think of any of these sorts of characters in more modern fiction hmm it's a good question um, that's a good question, but there should be. Maybe it's a maybe it's an old archetype that's gone now. Sure, sure, but no, I like I can kind of. I'm trying to think of like ones that are uh, kind of like this in fiction. Like there, there's a few that I kind of distantly have, but Yoda has a bit of it at the start, a little bit of the taste of it. Any number of like wise masters in kung fu films do ridiculous, crazy shit. Sure, sure. Um, like especially like. The, the more comedic kung fu movies. This sort of overlaps a bit with um, shamanism, so it could overlap Yeah, a like a lot of shamans kind of have this sort of persona. Well, but in terms of modern, like, religious stuff, um, some of the more extreme evangelical um, traditions, like, um, can sort of fit into this this uh, vibe, like glossolalia and, like, that sort of thing. It could be something which is less common now or less... Um, in a in a more secular world, is less of a thing, but it's, but it, it does seem to be uh, transgressive for uh, the sake of um, sort of like a transgressive in order for for a um, a goal of encouraging people to seek higher things, to seek more religious or spiritual uh, things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the provoc like Diogenes strikes me as like sort of the provocateur as an archetype, I guess. Because, like, I, I, from what you described, and admittedly I'm not familiar with most of them, they, I think they could be separated into different archetypes. Yeah, I'm not sure if, like, one archetype would cover all of those. Some of them might be covered by the full. It's all that's one of those in-between type of things. It could be something that did used to exist because it was more common in more religious societies, um, but doesn't exist necessarily up there anymore, or it's like has a weak hold. Um because yeah, I can't really, especially in terms of like, which is always fun because then you can religion have, like, crashing avatars. Yeah, I can't really think in terms of like relig- modern religion, especially cases where it's like, all right, here's this, uh, here's this idiot that 
says profound shit or this madman that says profound shit uh, i can see it like in terms of um the, the u.s setting jita could be an example of a character sure, like this sure sure from second ed i, I think i think a big part of crazy, it is that crazy homeless man but says wisdom idiocy and madness have been very um medicalized they've been very rationalized in a way that didn't really exist before yeah that's that might have been it yeah, you don't say someone's, like, mad. You say, oh, he's schizophrenic, or he's bipolar, or he's manic-depressive, or all sorts of shit, right? Same thing with, like, idiocy. You aren't like, oh, he's an idiot. Like, oh, he's retarded. Oh, and I, I mean that in a literal sense, or he has Down syndrome, etc. Well, you, it's like, I, I think in, like, traditional societies, um, there was more, like, tendency to put people who were, like now would be medicalized they were instead but like okay this this guy's clearly the shaman yeah uh, or this one's like oh this guy keeps seeing shit that we can't see all right yeah definitely the shaman keeps seeing shit that we can't see and like his eyes are rolling on the back of his head so i think something like it like the divine fall the divine madman did exist maybe it fell which is that's a cool um there could be people trying to get it back up there. There could be like that, that the fallen archetype could still be around just the opposite of what they used to be. There's ways you could um, play with that idea. Or it could be if you're doing a more um, historical game, you include that one. What, uh, well, what's the opposite of a divine fool? A uh, obnoxiously smug secular person? Just a Reddit atheist. Yeah, like they, they, they fell and became the first <laughs> Reddit atheist. And now, now the problem is that they're... Po- their position to ascend as the archetype of the Reddit, a- as the avatar, the as as the archetype of the Reddit atheist. And what happens when someone's been in the invisible clergy twice? Well, that's a possibility. What would be interesting is if you had um, the Reddit atheist going up to the invisible clergy, being an existential threat to everything, but being like, "Oh, if if the if the if the Reddit atheist is up there." That might mean that, like, there won't be a reset. It'll just be nothingness. We got to get the Reddit atheist out of there now. All right. What were some of the other archetypes you had in mind? I was reading because I was like just like scanning around different things on uh, Wikipedia mm-hmm. links to the fall archetype, and I discovered there was a um, a sacred clown in the culture of uh, the Lakota and Dakota people. All right. Um, called a Hayoka. Um, and they were known for being, um, contrarian. Um, so if it was like super hot, they would shiver and like put on warm clothes. If they were, if everyone was like hungry, they would complain about how full they were. They were sort of like this okay, that character. Like they would classic, always go at- That sounds like a classic tr- trickster social role. But no, it, it was because they weren't tricking anyone. Everyone knew that they that was this was their role in society to go against what everyone else uh, was doing. They were a mirror of society. Like they, um, like right. basically, they would in if things in like distressing situations, they would um, cause laughter. Um, they would cause chaos and fear when people felt complacent so yeah there was a bit of overlap with the trickster but the role of it was to help to establish the cultural taboos within the society by violating them by showing that like by paradoxically through violation it strengthened them like i i kind of understand it again but like the trickster is very much all about like showing frequently it's like showing the dangers of 
stories of the trickster is like you show the dangers of violating the social taboo because the trickster is like ha ha this shit's real I'm smarter than all this and then they you know step on the grass or hop the fence <laughs> and get mauled yeah. by the dog right yeah that's true but I, I get you I could see this being like within the provocateur I'd say that you could also call the provocateur like the avatar of the contrarian I was thinking this fits well with like the idea of the jester Sure. Um, being the only one who could talk to the because they, the Hayoka in Lakota society, Lakota society was also similar in that being the only one who could ask certain questions, the only one that could um, uh, satirize those with positions of authority, which is very it's classical jester sort of um, iconography. Yeah, sort of. yeah. Um, and I was thinking how in modern the modern era, um, this sort of archetype. Um, still exists in various ways because I'm thinking about how it overlaps with like the satirist. It is the satirist because I was thinking about I think about the provocateur how... is a good name for this archetype because like I'd say the provocateur is like it's their their primary characteristic is their relationship with like the powers that be mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of it's speaking truth to power is the big thing but sort of the dark side of the provocateur is speaking truth to power could be done in such a way that it rein, it reinforces that power. That's it. That's what I was thinking. I was starting to think about um, like modern examples like your John Stewart's and your John Oliver's and such. Um, and how I'll read, I'll read these articles about like, oh, John Stewart's coming back. It's like, now more than ever, we need his cutting brand of political satire. Yeah. And then I'm just like looking like over his like career and I'm just like, did it help? At all? Yeah. Did he, like, really? <laughs> it makes us feel better, and that's the same thing as doing something, Norman. It makes us feel better. The the one time he had a real political contribution was when his work to help the 9-11 first responders, and that's when he wasn't being funny. Yes. That's when he wasn't being a satirist. He was being serious. But uh, like, there's the idea that satire, this goes all the way back to like Punch magazine and like the Roman satirists, it's like satire doesn't like being a satirist doesn't weaken the power structure at yeah. all it anything it reinforces it and that there's a co- kernel like between the jester and the i would call it the jester actually like the kyoka the jester and these modern satirists they kind of fulfill that separate archetypical role um that's different from a fool the jester is good but i i i don't think uh, i think the archetype is too encompassing and includes jesters but uh, it includes things other than jesters. Like, you know, you don't look at a satirist and be like, oh yeah, that's just a modern jester, right? No, there's some there's some subtleties. Or you, would you call Diogenes a jester? No. There you go. Well, maybe. Well, because he was satirizing other philosophers. He wasn't satirizing the power. Well, he did, he did talk shit to Alexander's face, yes. I guess. Um... Maybe, maybe, no, but that's, he, that's he, thousands he of was, years ago. He wasn't just satirizing other philosophers. He was definitely satirizing, like, Athens culture in general. Although I'm looking for yeah, an honest true. man shit, right? Yeah, that's true. I think there's something there. There's something there that could be used. No, I agree. Um, I just think the jester is, like, the best name for it. Again, the provocateur, I think, is a good one. I think the provocateur, like, suggests different things as well. I have to think on it, like because the jester, I think it could sort of en- encompass the the satirist. Um, the satirist is being just a slightly more respectable jester. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but I think like the jester had a the the jester was still in the court. I mean, like if you look at like um satirist like John Oliver, you could say, well, that's he's a jester. Yeah, he's he he he, he speaks truth to power and does good work and does good like journalism, but he also like dances with puppets and does silly things. Yes, he definitely plays true. a jester definitely role, true. and he's not playing it for the king. He's playing it for the public but that's where power lies that is i think something there no i I would agree i agree actually how this how the heckler (laughs) the heckler is a pretty great one (laughs) what i don't know how you would play uh oh wait no okay so it's the heckler Uh, this is the heckler you're calling it the heckler okay sure sure oh the naysayer or something i don't know the naysayer. Yeah, the naysayer is honestly good. not bad. I like the naysayer because that, like, you know, naysayer also like it, it, it's more encompassing, but literally it just means contrarian. That's true. That's true. The contrarian also works. Yeah, but I think that you know th- this is a bit more specialized in the contrarian. Just a contrarian. Yeah, sure. yeah like, it, but being a contrarian is also often included in this sort of role. I like naysayer actually. I think naysayer is my favorite of the ones provided so far. Yeah. No, I like it too, actually, because uh, that covers jesters and lots of people, and um, it covers things across political spectrum as well. Yeah, all sorts of people could be naysayers. All right, you got any other? Do you got any other things you want to bring up as far as uh, similar archetypes? <sighs> Maybe the clown, but I don't know. Like, is, is that a separate one? The clown. Just... I'd say the clown. Encom- there's a lot of there's multiple archetypes that can be clowns. Is how I'd put it. Yeah. True. Yeah. Fair. It's hard to it's hard to nail down. It's even harder than it, like, like it's just there's more than one kind of character that is a clown. That's true. That would be a great um, like a, a, a cabal all clowns. Everyone's a different archetype. <laughs> sure, sure, that's fun. Um, yeah, because you know, got the happy clowns, the sad clowns. Uh, I don't know enough about sure. clowning to be like to. to I'm thinking like the fool, the trickster, and the jester. Like yeah. they're all together as clowns. Uh, just lead into the fact. The that naysayer, a fuzzy, a like the naysayer, is a good one for the sad clown. The one that just sure. keeps being, yeah, yeah. just poo pooing everyone else and being like, "No, there's, yeah. well, it's not going to work." Yada yada yada. That's the other thing. Is like all three yeah. of these archetypes are like a good group act, right? Like the fool plays off the trickster really well. The naysayer plays off the fool and the trickster, because you know, yep. The trickster tricks the fool, of course. Um, the naysayer warns the fool not to do what they're about to do, and they do it anyway. And at the at the, at the fool, and the fool is too foolish for the trickster's tricks. And the, the, the trickster gets annoyed yeah. because he has to like dumb down his own tricks. Yeah. It's like ah oh, shit, I have to make this real fucking obvious. And then like the trickster and the naysayer, the trickster makes the naysayer look like a hypocrite. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's yeah, it's solid. That's a good dynamic. I agree. I agree. That's there. There's a there's a cabal for you for a good home, whether as NPCs or as player characters. Mm. So good luck. Uh, good luck on getting all, getting a group of players, even three of them, to all agree to contribute to a high concept like that. It's pretty rare in my yep. experience that players come up with like matching character ideas. They're usually just kind of having fun by themselves. It's true. And hey, well we've got a we've got a oh. Did we still have this phone here? We've got a caller. Yeah. Hold Shit. on. Shit. All right. God, when's the last time that thing ran? I. This is weird. The, the guy just said full, full, full. 